Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. I mean, if you want to see the game take off in England, do you give them the Jets? I mean, seriously. <laughs> what, the Jets or the Falcons? Listen, in, in most the, cases, okay. I get okay. it. The, that's the game that you are going to Oh, the to London like game. Get- well, that's no surprise. It's the London game. This is why the London games are dumb. Because right. they got to go overseas and they pick terrible matchups anyway. Right. I mean, you want the game to take... I mean, there are people in London right now that I can't, they're not going to even buy gear. <laughs> like, these teams are horrible. No, sadly, they still will because they're just happy to get a game. That's the problem. <laughs> hey. I mean, that's the equivalent of them sending Premier League soccer over here and playing in New York and giving us two teams that are about to be relegated. Okay. I, I, I don't disagree. In fact, I think, I think the Jets ought to be relegated. All right. I'm just glad the Eagles aren't going overseas. They're another candidate. All right. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com, Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great new inventory. You don't want to relegate any of those. They're the best. And great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. From sales to service, everything in between, they're the best. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Time now. For our play-by-play call today, Bryce Harper launches one. The pitch. He swings and drives one high and deep right center field, and that ball is crushed. Way back and gone for Bryce Harper as it reaches off the railing of the second deck. Bryce Harper with his seventh home run of the season, a majestic blast to right center, and the Phillies have the one to nothing lead. And the warm greeting from the crowd. Don't you love that? All right. Oh, my goodness. Uh, all right. So, let's take a look now. Uh, a, little, a lot about minor league baseball, a little bit about Penn State football here. Because with the minor league baseball season, you already have the Reading Phillies playing, the Altoona Curve are playing, Lehigh Valley's playing. Starting on the 24th, the fact uh, what the Williamsport Crosscutters will begin playing. I think their home opener is the 25th. The State College Spikes, they have single-game tickets going on sale tomorrow here for the State College Spikes. They begin playing on the 24th, so we're close. So with that, we bring in Corey Geiger from Altoona. Corey, welcome back. It's great to have you with us. Hey, Steve, I appreciate it. Uh, it's been part part of my adult life for 20 years, so I was able to work out a deal with the Altoona. I don't work for the Altoona Marine right. any longer full-time, as people may or may not know, but they have me covering the curve this year. Uh, by the way, nice article on the junior announcer who's uh, uh, who's uh, uh, at Penn State, uh, is part of the Belisario uh, College Communications. That was a nice article on it. Steve, this is, you know, I've covered the curve for 20 years. I've written three books on the curve of thousands of stories. Uh, the article on Preston Shoemaker is unique, really one of the more memorable I've, I've ever written. He, he's 
from Hollisburg, right down the road. Yeah. He used to go to curve games. His dad tells a story. He's two years old, and he recognizes all the players on the team when their faces come up on the video board. You don't see. He, he's the first local kid that's ever become a broadcaster here, and we have had great, great success uh, with broadcasters coming through Altoona for the curve. So, uh, it, it really, an, an interesting story. And he spoke nothing but great about. The, the broadcast journalism program at Penn State, they, they do such a tremendous job there. I think one of the curve announcers is now Virginia Tech's guy. That's not right. John, yeah. John Lazer. I saw, yeah, I, saw, I, saw I, I went to, when I went down to Virginia Tech in December to do basketball, I talked to John about that. So it was, you know, it was great to see him. Yeah, we've had, I mean, Rob Egan is a AAA, AAA general manager. Jason yeah. Dombach was yeah. president of the Spikes. Uh, Mike Passanisi works for the San Francisco Giants. Dan Van Grilly does pregame for the Pirates. I mean, the, the list of broadcasters here is is pretty impressive. It is. Uh, all right, the governor is going to kick the number up to 75% starting on Monday uh, for outdoor gatherings and then to 100% uh, on May 31st. Uh, for the curve, what kind of difference maker can this be for them, uh, both the short term for two weeks and also then long term after that? Dollar dollar bills, yo. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it comes down to. It's money. Look, uh, they, they lost a lot of money last year. Minor league franchises around the around the, the country lost a lot of money. Uh, minor league baseball is all about uh, getting fans there because that is the vast vast majority of your revenue. And so, to be able to have more fans in the stands uh, is is more resources it's it's just so different than a lot of the other things that we talk about Penn State with Steve with Penn State football Steelers Major League Baseball sure all of these places you know require fans for money but they can get a ton of money through TV well minor league baseball doesn't get a cent in TV and so the entire entity is dependent on people showing up to the ballpark or there is no there is no minor league baseball so right now it's 2300 is the maximum the curve can get. Um, it'll tick up with the 75%, as you mentioned. Then June 8th, they can have essentially 100%. They're not quite 100% because they've got to have uh, some extra space uh, away from the dugout. So they'll lose a couple hundred seats maybe. But starting June 8th, they could conceivably sell out. And, and a sellout can be worth, Steve, Fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars right. for a minor league franchise, and people think, oh well, uh, you know, these teams probably make a lot of money anyway. They don't. <laughs> Most minor league franchises might make between three hundred thousand dollars and seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year for as profit. That, that's it. We're not talking, right. you know, major businesses here. Right. Exactly. I mean, they're. they're... I would say maybe the most profitable minor league franchise is probably Sacramento. Yep. Uh, which has always drawn well. But of course, you know, they didn't, you know, except for I think they were the outpost for the A's last year. So, you, you know, I think didn't Altoona get at least a little bit of money from Pittsburgh just to have it as the, uh, as the training they, outpost? A little bit. They did. And there are a few teams that, uh, this is a year old when I looked at these numbers, there are a few teams out there that might be in the, uh, two million, right. a little bit more range in terms of profit, but when when there were 160 teams, and there aren't any more, there's only 120. When there were 160, 
I think I calculated somewhere around 130 of them made less than $500,000, 600, whatever the number. I mean, it's, so it is not a large amount of money. So, so that's the money aspect. Right. But still, just getting people in the ballpark. You guys know in state college with the spike, when there's people, when the ballpark is filled, it is such a sense of community pride and a social outreach for everybody. People aren't necessarily watching the game a whole lot. They're there right. to, socialize with their friends and family right no it is it is a it is socialization is a big big part of minor league baseball there's no question about that so yeah, the weather has been i mean for example i'm out last night watching my five-year-old grandson play t-ball and it was cold <laughs> okay i'll admit it was, it was chilly out last night so the weather's been a mixed bag so how have they drawn so far with the limit of 2300 they've gotten 2300 i think twice yeah, and they rained out once and so the other ones were you know less uh, i don't know exactly what they reported i, I, I think, you know it's been less than 2000 people actually in the ballpark but that's typical for april and may uh, the biggest biggest difference between obviously a full season team and what the spikes were starting in June, they've you know, teams never sell in April and May. Uh, some sometimes there are franchises you know that I'll mention Erie for one. Erie was perfectly suited as a short season franchise. Agreed. Back in the day, starting in June, well in '99 they 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 uh, joined Double A as, as did Altoona, and, and the weather is miserable in Erie in April and May. So all you really get as a full season franchise is more games. You don't get more money. You you just get more games that you have to put on, which gives you a chance to make money. But those April and May games, Steve, they, they they're always tough draws here in the Eastern League. It really kind of starts around late May, and then you know, things take off in June with a lot of bigger crowds. This has been a spot where uh, careers have started to take off uh, because the double A level, the quality of baseball is just better because it's been whittled down at that point. Uh, so, what are you seeing in the early going? Are there a couple of guys that you look at and say, you know what, they might have something to them? Who would that be? Well, they had a kid throw six no hit innings last night. He's a 21 year old right hander named Rolanzi Contreras. Mm-hmm. They got him from the Yankees earlier this year in a trade for Jameson Tyone. So, in Contreras' first start, he struck out 11, which was a career high. Um, Curve lost that game. He got no decision. And then last night, he was perfect for five and two thirds innings until he walked a relief pitcher, Steve. Oh, jeez. But he struck out 11 as well, tied his career high again, six no-hit innings, and then departed after 70 pitches. The curve threw a one-hitter last night. It was you know, pretty impressive. But they're playing a bad team. And offense, if you think offense is bad in the major leagues right now, Steve, <laughs> it, it's really bad in the minor leagues yeah. as guys get used to it. But he is a good pitcher. Um, o- O'Neill Cruz is a six-foot-seven shortstop. Uh, he'll never play shortstop every day in the major right. leagues, but no that's, question. that's what he's playing now. He'll he'll be an outfielder, but he is he is a very very good prospect. I got him. Mason Martin hit 35 home runs a couple of years ago uh, in, in a ball. He's here, uh, and they got a guy named uh, Rodolfo Castro who mm-hmm. actually played a game in the big leagues earlier earlier this year. So uh, it, it should be a really good curve team. Um, but what I'm really interested to see, Steve. And I know you enjoy baseball. What is minor league baseball going to be 
without short season and rookie leagues. What changes will it make? How will it impact the way rosters are put together, the way teams send players up to double-A, how long it takes them to get to double-A, how long they're in double-A. See, we knew all that. We, we had a good handle on how everything worked at the double-A level, you know, based on the old system. Now with this new system, you know, I, I've been in minor league baseball for 25 years, and I can sit here and tell you, I don't really know what double-A baseball is going to look like right now. I think it's, this is going to be a pure guess on my on my part. I think you're going to have more rushing of people to get to the majors in this current system. And this is my re- my reasoning is simple: money. These yep. you know they can get all of these players quote on the cheap at the major league level, and there's no incentive to offer them a second contract. Wait a minute! You tell me that the Pirates don't have enough money to pay major league players? Uh, no, 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 they have they have enough money to have ski resorts. <laughs> yeah, well, because look, what you just what you just described, I compare it to Russell Wilson, the Russell Wilson dynamic in football. Sure, third the, third round pick. The, yep, yep. You you get the quarterback, you win with him before you have to pay him. That I, I think Russell Wilson has changed the game of football and the way we view all these quarterbacks. Sure. You got to make a decision in a year or two. Well, minor league baseball, this is the way the Pirates operate in minor league baseball. They've got to get you there yeah. early enough so that you they can find out about you. And if they wanted to give you a, a contract extension, they need to do it before you get explode good enough. I mean, Andrew McCutcheon was the prime example. They gave right. him six years, $51 million. Right. If he had waited a year or two, he got maybe could have gotten $150 million. Right. Andrew McCutcheon gave them the hometown discount, probably cost himself at least $75 million. Yeah. So they've tried to do that with guys like Gregory Polanco, Jose Tabata back in the day. Starling Marte. Uh, Starling Marte. They, that's their plan. If they can get you up there by 25 and get you into that second contract, as opposed to the way the Cardinals always did things, I would talk about this with Joe Putnam. Shoot, Steve, the Spikes would have a bunch of 24-year-olds on yeah, their roster. They would. There were years where the Spikes were older than the curve, yeah. believe it or not, which yeah. was just bizarre. I know. And you might find that in, in, in the MLB draft league, that they might be older than some, you know, than some of the single-A teams. Yeah, I good mean, point. That's a real good point. I mean, they're going to be older in some of the single-A teams because that's where you're going to find the 18-, 19-year-old draft choice. Uh, that's where you're going yeah. to find them. Uh, and, yeah, the the money part is, and you're right, I've talked about this a million times in the show about Russell Wilson. They were able to get other free agents because he was playing on a third-round deal. That's why you see teams drafting quarterbacks and overvaluing them because, the okay, the New York Jets are sitting there today saying, we've got a five-year window with Zach Wilson on a, on, a, on a rookie deal. That's it. Once they make the big money, they can't make the moves. I hate it. I, I hate it. They've got to find out about these. They... Not only that, find out, find out about them. They give up on these guys in a year and a half. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's preposterous. You know, Ben Roethlisberger, well, he wasn't the first, but really he was one of the first to actually have to play a whole lot as a rookie. Right. Aaron Rodgers got to sit for a few. Everybody throughout NFL history has been able to sit for a year or two mm-hmm. and learn. Yep. Now, if you haven't figured it out by game two or three or four of your second year, we're moving on. You're, we're on. just done with you. And, and the Steelers is very interesting with Mason Rudolph. Do we know that Mason Rudolph couldn't be the heir apparent? 
Well, most Steelers fans have given long given up on Mason Rudolph, but you know, quite frankly, he he because he didn't play all that well along with Duck Hodges uh, when Ben was hurt a year and a half ago. People give up on Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph twenty years ago would really not even be getting to play until just yet. Right. Well, and they gave him a one year deal. I mean, you got a year deal. Uh, very quickly, just uh, um, media had an opportunity to see. The, uh, I don't know if you went to both practices. Did you go to both? I did. Yep. Okay. What What was your just general thought? Now that they've hit the quote off season. I, uh, I I thought the receivers were good. I I mean, a deep receiving core too. We know about John Dodson and Parker Washington, but I think that they've got some really good young receivers. Which you have to have. You got to have guys to catch a ball if you're going to be putting it up a whole bunch. I didn't think Sean Clifford looked all that good in the first one. Much better, you know, much more under control in the second one. Uh, Taquan Roberson looks really good running the ball, scrambling, and, mm-hmm. and being able to make a play. Yeah. I, I thought he was pretty inconsistent throwing the ball. And so my, my, my primary takeaway, Steve, was I'm still not certain that the backup quarterback is on the roster. I still think they could go get somebody – maybe out of the portal that could ultimately end up being the backup uh, simply because if you're the tenth, number 10, 12 team in the country if something happens with Clifford, can you beat these people they've got to beat uh, with Take One Roberson? I, I don't know that and I don't know if they could with somebody in the portal, but that's just how, I, I just think there's a pretty significant drop off from what I saw from, from Clifford to Roberson It is always a pleasure my friend It's great to have you back with us Thank you, Steve. Enjoy your day, pal. That is Corey Geiger. And uh, Corey's now independent, but uh, he is uh, covering uh, minor league baseball for the Altoona Curve this year. I know it's something he wanted very badly. He did get back at least on that beat as an independent. Thrilled for him that uh, that happened. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. You should see the suit move to this one. Holy mackerel. <laughs> what a show! Wow! <laughs> it's banned in eight countries. <laughs> <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. <laughs> I'm just telling you. You sit back and go. Hey, can a person really move like that? All right. Had so, no idea the suit can bust the move. Oh, it's busting. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good word. <laughs> all right. Great to have you with us on the show today. The NFL schedule is out tonight. Uh, Matt has been on the edge of his seat all day. All day. Yeah, I've been looking from time to time when I could. Absolutely. I think they just, like, uh, released week five. (laughs) Actually, they did. But week four, (laughs) nothing good in week five. Week four, from what I remember, week four is the one we're all waiting for, Tom Brady and the Patriots. Sunday night football. Oh, then why, why do we need to have it released if we already know it? <laughs> Steelers' home opener is the against the uh, the uh, Raiders, by the way, week two. 
That's terrific. All right, uh, <laughs> every time I turn around, you give me a reason to live. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Wow. Oh, man. We'll talk about the schedule, and then tomorrow, Dick Girardi will be here to talk about Medina Spirit, the horse that Matt hates. I mean, doesn't dislike. He hates the horse. Doesn't know the horse, but hates it. Okay? I don't know. I don't get it, but we'll talk about Medina Spirit, who will be running at the Preakness. You acted like it's it's the horse's fault that he's running at the Preakness. <laughs> what do you think the horse looked over? Give me more ointment? <laughs> That's not how it works, Matt. You gotta understand, this isn't Lassie. <laughs> Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. I think Matt thinks that Medina Spirit is Lassie. Where the dog barks, and you look at the dog and you say, <laughs> Really? T- Timmy fell into the well? Take me to the well, Lassie. <laughs> what the heck? You, you hate the horse for no reason. Nothing against the horse. I mean, that's all you've done is run the horse down. It's his that trainer that I have a problem with. Okay. The horse shouldn't be out there doing, shouldn't be racing. What's the horse thinking? The horse, the horse got on the trailer and they drove him. They dropped him off. They put him in the barn. Okay. They told him, get in the, go out there and run a mile and three sixteenths as fast as you can. And you're critical of the horse. You can't be critical of the horse. Okay. It isn't Lassie, Timmy. Timmy fell down the well. Really? Take me to the well. <laughs> Please, Medina Spirit, take me to the well. <laughs> That's how you treat the horse. <laughs> I, you're worrying me. <laughs> but see, I, I don't use the, any of these steroid creams. I draw the line there. I don't know. I thought I saw uh, Luke running rather pain-free the other day. (laughs) (laughs) Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai, great new inventory, the best in pre-owned inventory that has the Sunbury Motors guarantee. It is all at Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. The schedule releases tonight. Matt has been just on pins and needles all day. Oh, yeah, we're following it. And tomorrow, we're going to go through the Eagle schedule week by week and make our predictions. That's right. I am so excited. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to do the Steelers, too. And as I said yesterday, I think it would be fun the week before the regular season for Penn State, we do W's and L's of Penn State schedule. Nope. (laughs) You you can do that, and my brother can do that, but you know darn well I can't do that. All right, yes, that's true. Yeah, we'll have to do it with the King the week before. Yes. I, I can't do that. That's... 
I remember. I'll, I'll give you. An, uh, let me give an example. Like for one thing, if you're calling the game, you shouldn't do that. Yes, okay? absolutely. All right, so that that's the big part. But I'll give you an example. I won't do this even when I'm speaking to groups. The last time I did it was 2005. It was August 2005. I went down to uh, Camp Hill to speak to the Penn State Club of Greater Harrisburg. So, you know, I just I had just come from practice. It was the, like the third week of August, something like that. So I'd seen a lot of practices. And Jack had been able to get to probably a half dozen practices at that point, six or seven. And I'm driving down, and he calls me up. So we're just chit-chatting about, hey, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And finally, the two of us say, to, you know, we, we start getting on this track, and Jack says, I, I really want to know what you think. He said, I think I, I think they're pretty good. I said, yeah, I know. That's the thing. I think they're pretty good, too. Because, you know, Michael Robinson taking over a quarterback. I like the offense they were running with the spread. Uh, and you just kind of felt like they had something going. And it felt like the defense was really good, too. You know, Tamba and all those guys uh, just – you just really, you know, Alan Zemitis, you really liked what you saw. And re- But remember, you know, so I get down there, and so I pull into the parking lot at the uh, at the West Shore Country Club where I was speaking that night. And he said, he says, you know what I think? He said, he said how, many, how many wins do you think they'll get? And I said, you know, I think, I said, you know, to be honest with you, Jack, I think they're a double-digit win team. He goes, no, I think, yeah, I agree with that. I think they're 11-1. And, and I said, you know what, I can buy 11-1, sure. Yeah, I can buy that. All right. So I hang up the phone because I have to go in and speak. So I go in and speak, and the question finally comes up, oh, I'd say about maybe three-quarters, 80% of the way through. Usually it's about the point you get that question. Now remember, Penn State had gone three and nine in two thousand four, uh, two thousand three, and had gone four and seven, and had to win their last two games to go four and seven in two thousand four. So they asked me, "Well, you know, what kind of record do you think they're going to have this year?" And I said, "Eleven and one." Well, they looked at me like I should be put to the funny farm. Like, what are you, insane? I mean, Jack and I literally had just spent 45 minutes on the phone talking about this. And they've won seven games the last two years combined. It looked at me like I was insane. I'm like, okay. Now, of course, in the end, they went what? 11-1. and (laughs) That's what they went that year. They went 11-1. and Um, But... When you say that, say you say they're going to be eleven and one. What's the next question you get? Why? No, who's the one? Oh, right. Yeah, who's going to be the one? Yeah, yeah. So then you say, pick one. I don't care. Pick anybody. Uh, let's pick a bit for safety's sake. Let's pick a non-conference game. Uh, there will be eleven and one, and uh, it'll be uh, Auburn. Okay. Steve Jones says they're going to lose to Auburn. <laughs> like, like, looking around like, what? <laughs> no, so we don't do that. We don't do that. And by the way, I think they'll beat Auburn. But, I mean, 
but that's when you're in my position, you can't do that. Now I can do that with the Eagles and the Steelers. We'll do that tomorrow. Uh, but you can't do that with the team you broadcast for. You, know, you can give general parameters. I know when people ask me about Penn State basketball, you know, I'll tell them, hey, look, they're a 14-17 to 17 win team. They're a 17-20 to 20 win team. You know, like in the general area right around there. And usually, to be honest with you, usually pretty close. You know, you pretty much know what you have and what you don't have. But... Yeah, but you don't know who's going to get hurt. You don't know when you're playing somebody else for them who's going to get hurt. Yeah, with all the transfers, you don't know. You know, for everybody, there's there's more guessing on college sports on what a team can and can't do these days because of the transfer part. You just don't know like, how good is the person you lost, how good is the person that you brought in to replace them. That's you know that that there's more guesswork I think, as opposed to the pro thing. I mean you know it's, it's certain things in the pros that are locks. The Jets will be bad, so I mean you know it's, that's always a given. That's that's why the Jets the Jets Falcons game <laughs> that that is your basic overseas, overseas throwaway. And then of course the other London game you got right, Miami and uh, Jacksonville. But I got the May 17th thing right, and that's a news story. I mean, I got that right. You know, You've been on the ball I got, lately, I gotta I say. Got, I got the 100% thing right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, now, I mean, you and Lawrence are like listening to the show. Okay, what's going on in the world? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Although you seemed a little bitter about it. <laughs> no, it's all good. Seemed a little bitter about it. Yeah. <laughs> Why did he get it? Who are his sources? You didn't know the Eagles were playing the Cowboys twice? I did. You didn't know they were playing the Giants twice? I did know that. You didn't know they were playing Washington twice? Yep. You didn't know you didn't know they were playing the other last place teams. Yep, including the the, the other the the other division in the NFC they're playing. Correct. And the team in the in the division in the AFC they're playing. Mm-hmm. You didn't know what their seventeenth game matchup was. Jets. So what's the so what are you finding out tonight? Just the order. Exactly. See, but now that it, now that it'll be set in stone tonight, set in you stone. Can, now you it's can not officially set in stone. It's not set in stone. Well, because the last four weeks of the season you have flex games. Now you won't be flexed. As, se- you, <laughs> as set in stone as it can be, you can officially start the countdown to the season. See, last year you got flexed to the prime time for the Washington game, right? Correct. Yes. And America was subjected to that. Yes. Little yes, they were. We know. Little did we know it was Doug's last game. It's true. Well, I had a feeling it might, it could have been. But. Yeah, but you want everybody fired. <laughs> I was certainly hoping it wasn't going to be Carson's last game. I, I, well, the last game is with Carson once on the roster. I mean, you were hoping the owner, you're hoping the owner gets fired. The owner does not get fired. 
I mean, you want the horse fired. F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells foul hey, We'll have Girardi on tomorrow. Dick will be on to talk about the uh, Preakness, which now has some ad. And the horse is running, by the way. I mean, the horse is running. I think it's out of the number three hole. Correct. Um, so the horse will be running. And to be honest with you, I mean, there are a lot of people rooting for this horse now. I mean, as much as you hate the horse, I mean, you hate the horse. Yeah, that I don't understand why it automatically is now gaining fans. I thought, I, and honestly, because I thought it would go the opposite way. People are sick. It's a horse. They don't want to pick on. Well, in that in that retrospect, yes, but the horse is not the one that gets the money. It's the owner who's giving him all these creams and stuff to try and get an advantage. You know, it's interesting. This is the first time since 2018. Think about this. First time since 2018 that the now again we don't the the, the horse is still officially the Kentucky Derby winner, right? It is. But think about this. It's the first time since 2018 that the Kentucky Derby winner is running in the Preakness. Right. You know, with a chance for the Triple Crown. Because remember, last year was out of order. It was the Belmont first. Okay, then the Kentucky Derby. And then, so there was no Triple Crown possibility. So the Preakness was an afterthought. Two years ago, Country House, on a disqualification, won the Derby. It's the last race Country House ever raced. It never raced again. Never raced again. So let's see. Uh, four Preakness Stakes contenders are listed at 10 to 1 or shorter. Medina Spirit, at the moment, is the favorite at 9 to 5. At nine to five, of course it is. Medina Spirits nine to five. Concert tours five to two. Midnight Bourbon, oh great, they have a horse named after your drink. Midnight Bourbon five to one. Okay. Uh, they asked the suit one time, "Let's name." a horse after one of your dreams, and he said crowded table. He was just hoping somebody <laughs> would be at the same table with him. Okay, Ron Bauer, that's 10 to 1. Ron Bauer's 12 to 1. Uh, Keep Me in Mind is 15 to 1. Unbridled Honor is 15 to 1. Risk Taking is 15 to 1. Francisco de Inya is 20 to 1, and Ram is 30 to 1. Ram sounds like a plow horse. <laughs> okay. Now, Concert Tour finished in third place as a heavy favorite in the Arkansas Derby, but that was his last start. He hasn't raced since. But he is a Baffert horse, and you would not bet a dime on a Baffert horse right now, would you? Well, actually, I would because I know whether it, it, whether it wins or not, then I'm not, I don't have to worry about getting screwed of money. Because Medina Spirit won last week, and I'll have to lose my money for that if I if I bet on it. Baffert, by the way, will not be at the race. Yeah, good. Neither will Luke Catrillo. Yes, he will not be there. That's because he'll still be asleep from the schedule reveal. Back <laughs> with more in a moment. <laughs> 
<laughs> on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Look, as the schedule reveal is happening tonight and you have little Luke with you, just make sure he doesn't go into a scheduled trance, okay? I don't want that to happen to him. Okay, the uh, one of the uh, sports books has put out the odds on the Big Ten to win the title. Ohio State, the favorite at two to three, Wisconsin's eight to one. Uh, now, of course, for a lot for Ohio State's going to depend on how well C.J. Stroud plays at quarterback. They had a lot of elements that are good, especially their offensive line's pretty good, and obviously the receivers, um, Olave, Garrett Wilson. I'll tell you, Brian Hartline is big on Julian Fleming. He says he's as talented as any guy he's ever coached. Uh, Wisconsin is 8-1. to one. Well, that's going to depend on Graham Mertz. Good offensive line. The running game was not up to speed last year with Jalen Berger, but they have some really good wide receivers. The Chandler kid, I think, could be pretty good. Their defense led by Jack Sanborn, not bad. Penn State is 17-2, to two, so essentially they're 8.5-1. So Wisconsin's eight to one, Penn State's eight and a half to one, seventeen to two. Michigan's also seventeen to two. But they've got to solve the quarterback thing. Now Son Haskins is back at tailback, he's good. Um, you know, Ronnie Bell's back at wide receiver. Henning's kid I like at wide out. Eric All at tight end. Offensive line is okay. And their defensive front is without Quiddy Pay. See, they had when Penn State went there a couple of years ago, they had John Uche and they had Quiddy Pay. Right? And they had Rashawn Gary. They don't have those guys anymore. They I don't think they can get the pressure off the edge. Ross is good at linebacker. Secondary's okay by the new defensive coordinator. So Michigan at seventeen two, I feel like that's name. Iowa's eleven to one. Good's in the running back and and he he's a terrific player. And their offensive line is good. But their wideouts, I mean, they lost both Smith Marset and Brandon Smith. Those are two big losses for them at wide receiver. And Petrus is okay at quarterback. Last year they dominated Penn State up front with their defensive front. All those guys are gone. Now their back seven, the Iowa back seven is really good, but their front four is not to the standard of this year. Indiana's twelve to one. They have almost everybody back. No Stevie Scott. Uh, they're twelve to one. 
Northwestern with that defense, 12 to 1. Nebraska's 14 to 1. I don't quite see it. Minnesota's taking some steps back. They're 20 to 1. Michigan State's 50 to 1. They have almost everybody back on that defense. And they brought in four defensive backs as transfers, including Ronnie Williams from Alabama. Now, Williams didn't play that much for Alabama, but he just joined them this week. Uh, Purdue's 50 to 1. Rutgers is 51, and they have almost everybody back. Isaiah Pacheco, you know, I'm big on him. I like him a lot, the running back. Uh, Maryland's 80 to 1, and Illinois is 100 to 1. So tonight, big scheduling party over at Matt's. Chip and dip night. <laughs> I guess Lisa's been planning all day. It's actually chicken quesadilla night. Perfect. What time do you want us there? <laughs> 8 o'clock it starts on NFL Network. Kyle, you in? Yeah, I can tell Hannah to take her test on her own. I'll come join. Absolutely. I'll just bring <laughs> Hannah with you. This will be great. She can take the test online you know, there. It'll be great. My wife, spot. Yeah, my wife's an accountant. She can give her some pointers, and we watch the, uh, we'll watch the schedule release. That'll it's all good. This will be great. Now, at some point about 8, 17 or so, when I start to nod off, I, just just hit me on the side. I might have to and do that won't be, during the test. I mean, it won't be because I'm tired. All right, so. (laughs) Don't worry. Luke will will wake you up again. He'll jump on you. I can't wait till they get to the week nine reveal. That's always the pivotal one. (laughs) Yeah, the bye weeks. Well, that's, okay. Now, that's the week I think a lot of Eagles fans are looking forward to. You know why? Because the Eagles won't lose that week. Got that right. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be Steelers-Bears Monday Night Football. Oh, brutal. Brutal.